It's Monday night. It's August 14th, 2023, episode 352 of the Tan and J-Man Show is streaming live on the ISC Sports Network along with their Twitter page and their YouTube channel and the Tan and J-Man Show Facebook page. Hope everybody's having a fantastic Monday night. Ready to talk some sports. I'm back from Mexico from my honeymoon. I'm looking tanner than most. Uh-huh. J-Man... I had to throw that in there. J-Man, how you doing? And I want to give a thanks to your dad, Dan, the Dan the Man Month, for filling in for me last week. Uh, you guys did awesome, like always. Yeah, it uh, was the Tan and J-Man Show Cubs podcast. Uh, it was pretty week. heavily Cubs-centric, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, from, from what I listened, I enjoyed, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Tanner, married life. How's, how's one, one week? About nine days down. How's it feel? <laughs> oh, still getting used to this ring. No. <laughs> Not yet, but uh, no, it feels good. Uh, you know, now we're back married within the country, so uh, yeah, it'll, it'll all be good. It'll all be good. No, we're uh, yeah, we're, not, we're you're, yeah. You're not bored with each other yet, right? Not yet, not yet. So give her a couple that, weeks. That time's coming. <laughs> oh, give her, give her a couple weeks. Maybe a couple hours. Maybe a couple hours. But uh, no, yeah. all good. And thanks again for. Holding down the fort last week, you guys did fine. Did a good job, and I had a. I do have to laugh though that your dad got a bogey because I've never seen somebody so, so confident, confident yeah. that ends up getting a bogey on the question. And that that'll happen to you though. You got to be careful; yeah. those questions sneak up on you. I I know that that's why we're never confident. Oh, no, maybe, no. Even, even though we're pretty sure we know, we're not going to be confident. It's it's a kiss so. of death, and, and yeah. we uh what are, what I, what'd you say last week? We're both four over par. On the I year, think so. I think yeah, not, not very a good. Five, we're five over. Five. Oh, even you know, even was, better. I uh, gave us a little too much credit there. Even better, but uh, well, let's see this week if I can get myself down to four. It's a baseball question. No, that bump it up to six. <laughs> Ronald Acuna Jr. stole his fifty-fifth base on Sunday. He became the first player with twenty-five homers and fifty-five stolen bases in a season since who? That's a good question. Yes. Um, the crazy thing is, it's only August, you know, or mid-August. There's still a lot of time left, and he is the first player to do this uh, since uh, this guy. I will say, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. This guy did play in our lifetime. I, I okay. will say that. Um, pretty deep into our lifetime, our childhood anyway. He's a pretty special talent, uh, Acuna yeah. Jr. Absurd. Um, how good he is. And finally, I think he's going to win MVP this year. He should anyway. Uh, I've been and, picking him the past couple of years. And he's only 24, 25 years old. So. And his team is rolling. They yeah, are good. Uh, yeah, have uh, yeah Matt Olson, who has 40-plus homers, over 100 RBIs. Austin Riley, Ozzy Albies. Yeah, that team. I just don't see a team beating them, to be honest. But uh, Birdie Bogey is brought to you by... Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. Over the weekend, they had pesto tortellini, three cheese stuffed tortellini tossed in fresh house-made basil pesto featuring fresh noble gnome basil. Uh, topped with juicy chicken breast and garnished, garnished with basil and a roasted lemon wheel served with choice of soup. Um, do you like pesto? I don't mind it. I love pesto, and that looks right up my alley. Um, so uh, that's that's just a little glimpse of what you can get on weekends there at uh, Arlington Public House. But, of course, $2 whole smoked wings on um, – Mondays and one dollar off uh, domestic beers as well. Hard, hard to beat that. Um, yeah, and uh, they also do Taco Tuesdays. So you get tacos. I, I, feel, there. I feel like you didn't say it right. I feel like you have to say it like LeBron does. Taco <laughs> Tuesday. There we go. Now we're talking. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of tacos as well. So. I was gonna say you're not a big fan of LeBron. I thought you were gonna say you're a big fan of LeBron, but not a big fan of LeBron. I am not. Uh, I think no. we uh, decided we were going to talk some baseball here to start her off. Um, yes. The dog days of August, and it is feeling like it too. It's kind of sludging along a little bit. We got uh, some races really heating up um, here, uh, ma- mainly the wild card races. The division races, all of them um, are two, and the leaders have at least a two and a half game lead. 
and that's the uh, Texas Rangers have a two and a half game lead over the Astros. Dodgers are running away with the West uh, like we thought they would, eight and a half uh-huh. up. Uh, we have the Brewers three and a half up on the Cubs and the Reds. We have the Braves 11 up. We have Baltimore three up, and we have Minnesota four and a half up there in the uh, in the AL Central. But as far as the Cubs go, <clears throat> they had a pretty solid week. They went three and three. Uh, tough road trip heading out uh, to uh, New York uh, to face the Mets. Of course, the Mets are uh, pretty atrocious, and they oh, it's been it's been great. <laughs> uh, yeah, they uh, they were twenty one to three. Yeah. And and then they got shut out in game two of that doubleheader on Saturday. Um, for for a sliver of time, the Mets ha- did drop below the Washington Nationals and were in last place, but now they're a half game up on them. Uh, not that any of that matters uh, when you're that bad. But, uh, yeah, Cubs ended up losing two or three to the Mets. They should have won on Wednesday. They got whooped on Monday. But um, then they followed it up, heading to Toronto, a team <clears throat> that on paper, that's probably the toughest road trip outside of division. I mean, the divisional road trips will be tough. I think they, they do have to go to Cincinnati one more time and um, they might be done in Milwaukee. But uh, as, as far as the rest of their schedule goes at Toronto was probably the toughest road trip they've had. And they ended up winning two out of three, uh, winning two, uh, the first two games on a Friday and Saturday and uh, played really well uh, uh, during that uh, stretch. And, you know, they, they had a uh, 500 road trip, which really that's, that you, you can't really be upset about that. Could have been four and two, but it wasn't. Uh, so they, they just kind of hung in there a little bit. Uh, but they have, of course, they ended up losing a game uh, to Milwaukee over the weekend because the Chicago White Sox are just, they just roll over and they better roll over this week. Come <laughs> twice. Uh, it's their 20, Super Bowl now, Josh. I, I know it. I, I hate that when the White Sox are bad and the Cubs are good because it seems like the White Sox give it to them. But Cubs took uh, two from them uh, in. Uh, What's their guaranteed rate changes about yearly anymore there. Um, but uh, hopefully they roll over like they did for the Brewers this weekend um, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, but they are a half game out of a wild card spot. They did have it the wild card spot for about the whole week. Uh, but the uh, New York Yankees played a big role um, in uh, the Cubs losing that wild card spot for the time being. Um, yesterday they blew a 7-1 to one lead. Uh, they were up four in the ninth inning, and they ended up giving five run, giving up five runs to the uh, Marlins. And um, I will go on record and say it is ova for the Yankees. It is ova for Aaron Boone. Um, they'd be real smart to tear that thing down, uh, but they I won't do it. They, I do not. I I agree with you. I don't think um, the Steinbrenners. Uh, will want to do that. Uh, they've never really had a complete rebuild. Um, as far Not as only them, thing. Brian Cashman. I, I blame a lot on Brian Cashman, too. I, I think they need to get he's, rid of him. Oh, yeah, um, He's need to go for at least five years, maybe longer than that. But, oh, yeah. yeah, I agree. Some, there's just a lot of things off there. It's just. Yeah. The uh, the, the roster's old for uh-huh. one. Um, you're relying on Aaron Judge to do everything pretty much. And not I mean, fair. you. You you can get away with that in the NBA having one superstar oh, sure. that can carry you. Uh, baseball, you need something around. I mean, they have nothing around. You you look at the OPSs from some of these guys uh, that are in the starting lineup. Uh, Kyle Higashioka, um, mm-hmm. six sixty four OPS. Rizzo, of course, they kind of screwed Rizzo over. Uh, he had a concussion. He played with it for two months, uh, which uh, that's on Rizzo for not speaking up and say, "Hey, right. something's off here. Let's do some more." Seven hundred OPS. Labrador has been okay, seven seven eight OPS. Uh, Anthony Volpe, their rookie's hitting two eleven, uh, six seventy four OPS. DJ LeMay, he was washed, six eighty eight OPS. Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who's been their pretty much everyday left fielder, six eighty six OPS. Um, Harrison Bader, five percent below league average hitter. Aaron Judge's been great. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton hitting two oh six with a two eighty two on base percentage. He is hitting homer, so that makes his uh, OPS look a little better. Uh, but uh, for the most part, that roster is pretty. I mean, it's old. As as I said, their their average age is twenty nine, which is pretty dang old uh, in professional sports. Hitting two thirty two as a team, which is fourteenth in the American League. They pitch well. Uh, they, they are kind of middle of the pack, mainly because uh, they've had some injuries there in the uh, starting rotation. Garrett Cole's kind of been their mainstay. He's been the only guy that's really produced all that well in their rotation. Bullpen's been fantastic, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's getting to the point where they need to do a complete rebuild. Um, and as you said, the, the Steinbrenners won't want to do it. 
Um, but that's probably that's probably what needs to be done. And it it makes it more difficult to do it after signing Aaron Judge to that huge deal because he's not gonna want to go through that and play two or three years where they're really bad. So um that that'll tick off your best player, one of the best players in baseball. So they're in a uh, they're in a pretty bad spot. Um, ha- have you watched any of the yeah uh, you know John Boy who kind of broke the Astros cheating thing? He does a podcast um, about every day, but uh, it's called Talking Yanks, and he has Aaron Boone on the podcast every single Monday, and they are not afraid to ask him really tough oh. questions, which is mm-hmm. which is which which is what we want to see from the media, and the media never does that because they they want access. Sure, uh, but. Um, the two John Boy guys, they're I mean they're diehard Yankee fans and, and they ask the questions I think every fan wants to ask their manager or ownership and all of that. And uh he got he gets a little defensive, but he, he, he knew what he signed up for, Aaron Boone does. Um so go check it out if you haven't, because uh because they they, they go at him quite a bit and it, it's kind of funny to see the dynamic. Yeah, um, I, uh, I subscribe to the podcast. I'm not a regular listener, but I've listened to them over the years, and, and they are good. Like you said, they will ask the hard-hitting questions they're not afraid of, and, and they do well for themselves because I know at one time, at least, they had a billboard advertisement in New York for that podcast, just that podcast, so that tells you enough about their revenue coming in just from the podcast if they can do something like that. Um yeah. But no, it it's uh, and it, and you know Boone respects him if he keeps going on, even though they keep mm-hmm. uh, asking the hard hitting questions. So yeah, it is it is worth anybody's time, whether you like the Yankees or not. It's it's an interesting podcast to listen to. Yeah, um, and yeah, and the fact that Boone continues to go, I mean, he he knows what he signed up for, and I'm sure he's they're they're more frustrated than the fans, obviously, because sure. uh, this team was supposed to be you know a World Series contender and. As of right now, they're only two games over 500, 13 out of the division. Uh, they are only four out of the wild card. Um, are they four? Yeah, they're four out of the wild card. So, I mean, they're still hanging in there. Now they're not four. They're five out of the wild card. Um, so, they, I mean, they can go on a hot stretch and um, kind of catch up. But uh, talks, uh, the talks, the clock is ticking uh, on the New York Yankees. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I was talking about the Cubs and then somehow. Oh, yeah, that's that, that's where I was going. <laughs> they lost the Marlins. So the Marlins jumped the Cubs and the Reds um, and are now in that final wild card spot. Uh, the San Francisco Giants have started to play some pretty poor baseball, and they're kind of falling a little bit. They are still a game and a half up in a, in the wild card chase. Um, the team that's been horrendous here since the All-Star break are the Arizona Diamondbacks. I was just going to – I want to talk about them tonight because I remember when yeah. we were thinking, eh, I think this team can make the playoffs with their hot start. And, and yeah, they uh, – <laughs> yeah, they're, they're now sitting here at 500. They were – I think they were 15 games over at one point. Uh, they are 7-20 and 20 in the second half, so they were 13 games over 500 uh, at the All-Star break and now 7-20 and 20 in the second half. Um, and they, they had a long losing streak as well, and they bought at the trade deadline. Um, so they are really on the outs. Now they're 12 and a half out of the division. Division's over. Uh, only two and a half out of the wild cards. They're still kind of hanging in there. But uh, with the way they've been playing here recently, uh, it looks uh, pretty ugly uh, for them. And, I, I mean, they didn't have high – at least we didn't have high expectations for them coming into the year. But after starting out as well as they did, it's pretty disappointing. Uh, to go through that stretch, kind of the same LA angels did the same thing. I talked, spoke a little bit with my dad last week about that, where they, they pull Shohei off the trading block. They went and made these trades and now they have just been atrocious since the trade deadline, only winning a handful of games and they are completely out of the race, uh, 11 and a half out of the division, six and a half out of the wild card. Um, and, and that's, that's part of the reason why I, I know executives really want to push the, trade deadline back to like middle of August, like t- today would essentially be the trade deadline. Uh, Cause you, you can learn a lot in those two weeks and they just think it's kind of early. Uh, so I, I, I think eventually we'll see that. And it, it kind of hurts getting away from the waiver trading deadline, uh, which was August 31st. They used to have that. Uh, and I, I kind of want them to bring that back. Cause I mean, we've seen some big names be dealt in August. Justin Verlander was one when he went from uh, Detroit to Houston. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, there's there's some cool things they can do with that. Maybe opening up the trade deadline again, like early September, just to see the flurry of teams that are trying to make a playoff push 
Uh, I I don't think they'll ever do that, but uh, I I would like them to. It'd be kind of cool if they did. But um, yeah, uh, a couple tweets I favorited here. Um, nine inning MLB games done in under two hours and fifteen minutes this year. There have been a hundred and thirty so far, and this was August eleventh. So I'm sure there's been some more since. Last year there were nine. Year before three. 13, 9, 7, 16, 37, 17, 23, 28. So, um, again, pace of play has uh, significantly improved. Yeah, I feel like we talk about it every week, but, yeah. I mean, we have to. It's. I thought it would do some good for baseball. I, I never would have predicted this. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it seems like there's a new stat that comes out every single week that I want to share, too, about it. Um, it it's um, – Attendance is up as uh, again, we've talked about that average attendance is up 3000 people from this year to last year. Um, so again, that's been a huge improvement. And I'm sure, uh, well, Rob Manfred sitting there on his throne there at the MLB headquarters. Just, uh, and didn't I see, uh, I don't think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. He got a big old extension. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he got, uh, re-upped. He got uh, re reelected. Uh, the owners love him for some reason. Um, fans don't, but again, fans hating a commissioner is not new. They've hated every commissioner in every sport ever. Um, so I can't think of a commissioner that has been liked. I think Tagliabue is pretty liked, Paul Tagliabue. I would still, th- uh, maybe um, not now. Adam Silver for a while. I, think I know he's got. I know he's got some Adam haters Silver. now. Now, yeah. but. Yeah, when when he first started, people liked him. But well, uh, anybody was better than David Stern. So. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, the 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 thing that we hate about David Stern, it the way he handled like like de- denying the Chris Paul to the Lakers trade, that sort of stuff ticked us off. But uh, the stuff we need to look at, and we we also hated um, who was the Big Ten commission before the idiot that was hired. Um, Jim Delaney. Jim Delaney. <laughs> and Kevin Warren. Yeah. <laughs> we hated Jim Delaney, but he he brought in ridiculous amounts of revenue, uh, created yep. a Big Ten network, all of that. We got to give him props for that. 100%. Yeah. David Stern. We hate David Stern, but you look at it, he brought the NBA from about they, – they were about dead there in the yep. early 80s for Magic. Yeah. So right when Magic got there. And, uh, and Larry, it's now a global game. He, and and Larry, uh, it's now a global game that he uh, played a ro- a big role it's in true. helping it get global. That's true. Uh, but uh, and maybe the same things with Manfred too. And maybe um, maybe it's good that we hate commissioners. I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, they don't care. <laughs> They're making a ton of money. They don't care really what we think at the end of the day. Yeah. But they should because we're the ones helping them make that money. But they, they don't. Care. Yeah. Uh, well. Well, clearly, um, I mean, if attendance is up 2,500, 3,000 people, uh, yeah, per the average, so um, yeah, uh, <laughs> obviously, we hate Manfred, but it's not keeping us from going to ball games. No, you're right, uh, you're right, and, and that's and, all Manfred cares about, right? Um, well, and you even see fan bases that are frustrated with their, their management, or you mm-hmm. know, Cubs, for instance, still doesn't stop a lot of fans from going to games, no. I mean, it's, it's never it, going to at the end of the day. Has. We can we can complain and whine and moan and groan and argue all we want, but at the end of the day, you like your team for a reason. You're going to support your team. It just right. is what it is. Right. Um, in August, the Cubs and Brewers are both 8-4. and four. The Cincinnati Red Legs are 3-9. and nine. Uh, This week, Cubs have the White Sox for two and the Royals for three. They need to win all five. They probably won't, but... Uh, be huge to win all five because the, uh, the Brewers have at LA Dodgers for three at Texas Rangers for three. So Cubs can really uh, kind of chip into this lead. The Brewers have, and the Reds have uh, the guardians and blue Jays at home uh, for a five uh, this week. So uh, Reds and Cubs could both uh, make up some ground here. If they uh, take care of their uh, home field. You were just talking about the guardians. My dad went to a guardians blue Jays game uh, last week and he always likes, like you and I talk about a lot of time when we go to the games, what's the coolest jersey you see. Uh, first, he said there was tons of Toronto fans mm-hmm. there. And a lot of them had uh, older Toronto jerseys, a lot of Jose Batista jerseys, but also a lot of oh, Vlad really? Guerrero Jr. jerseys. But he thought the coolest one he saw was actually a fictional character, Rick the Wild Thing Vaughn. That's cool. He thought it was the coolest jersey he saw. I said, yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool one. That's pretty neat. 
Yeah. I have never been to, uh, I think it's Progressive Field. I think there. it's Progressive Field. He's been quite a few times. It seems like yeah. uh, through his work, he goes maybe once every other year. And he said it was a pretty decent crowd. Um, it was a 1 0 game. So <laughs> that's fun. It wasn't one wasn't a lot yeah. to it. But yeah. yeah, it's that's surprising. It was a decent crowd because Cleveland's had issues for years putting people oh, yeah. in stands there. So, yeah. um, but, uh, Wins over the last 200 regular season games in baseball. Dodgers have 131, Braves 130, Astros 121, Baltimore Orioles 120. Uh, then we have the Seattle Mariners who are hot right now. They did lose, I think, two or three to Baltimore. Yeah, they, they were, were uh, on an eight-game win streak. Yeah. And the reason I know that is in Mexico where we stayed, we got like four or five channels in English. And a few of those were the ABC or CBS. And they pulled from Seattle, Washington. For some really? reason, yeah. So I got a lot of <laughs> watching a lot of late night sports there on those channels, and uh, it was always Mariners talk, so and huh. Seahawks talk. So. And I think uh, the Mariners have that sixth spot, the last playoff spot. I believe you're correct uh, because they've they've gotten so hot. So mm-hmm. um, they're a fun team, and I'm I'm glad they got hot because it, it was fun watching them in the postseason last year. And I hope they get there again. Yeah, it's fun to see a team that kind of breaks through after years. Well, especially them not making the postseason since 01 and handling success well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm starting to worry about the Orioles, even though I think they're set up really well for the future. So, all right, if they do make the postseason this year, and what do they do after that? Because look at the Royals years ago. Yeah. They didn't handle their success very well. Different, I know, different teams, organizations, and setups, but they. The Royals did get to two straight World Series. Yeah, uh, right. The Orioles' farm system still loaded, and they're all real close. Yeah. So they should be good for a long time. But should. again, as you said, uh, Royals didn't handle that very well either. They had a good two, three-year stretch, and then it was over. So yeah. uh, the and and that's that's kind of what happened with the White Sox too. They thought this oh this rebuild's going to be better than the Cubs. That's what the White Sox fans in their uh, front office was saying. And then they made the playoffs what twice, and now they're completely done. Yep. Um, so, uh, the Cubs are one Oh three and 97 of their last 200 regular season games. Cardinals are one Oh one and 99. And so are the New York Yankees one Oh one and 99. The, uh, Oakland athletics are 67 and one thirty three. That's awful. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Royals have 73 wins. Are, Rockies 78. Are the A's indeed moving to Vegas? Have we ever got no confirmation idea. on that? I don't think there's been. Any confirmation. Um, okay. I, I, I know they got a plot of land or something. Or they right. Won something. Um, they need to. They're 52 games under yeah. 500. Uh, their, their owner needs to sell is what needs to happen. Um, but, again, the the state hasn't worked with the A's at all. Major League Baseball hasn't worked with the A's at all. I know uh, Manfred wants them to move um, to go to Vegas because he wants that expansion and that'll help with uh, expansion talks as well, which I think within the next couple of years, we'll hear about two more teams being added to have 32 in each um, or 16 in each league, 32 total like the NFL does. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think the A's will ultimately end up in Vegas and they need to do something with Tampa Bay as well. Mm-hmm. That uh, for a team that's been so good, really the past 12, 13 years, uh, that that <laughs> that stadium is garbage. Have you ever been there? No, I never have been, but I've Terrible. talked to a lot of people, including yourself, who's been there. Nobody, yeah. everybody says it's the worst. They've, um, um, yeah. Except I did. Uh, um, oh, a friend of the program, Sean Shriver. He, I don't think he's ever been there, but his least favorite stadium he ever been to is the Kingdom. So it's always oh. a dome stadiums. Everybody's answer is their yeah. least favorite. It seems like. Yeah. Um, I think is that the only that's the only that dome is now. the only legitimate yeah. dome. Yep. I mean, you have retractable roofs in Houston, right. Arizona, Miami, Milwaukee, Toronto, Seattle, uh, which, which right? Seattle, yeah, yeah. Re- retractable is fun, and, and they look right. nice too, right, right. Because um, you 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 kind of get that outside feel because there's windows everywhere and all right. that, where it's just it's just dark in yes. uh, Tampa Bay, and it's it's not a nice field at all. Because the it's, last it's, one before them was the Metrodome. Yes. Yeah, because um, the Kingdom was before yeah. that and Astrodome. Yeah, yeah. The, the Metrodome one was that 2008 was the last season. I think Target Field opened up in 09. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, they, they need to do something with that. But, yeah. uh, yeah. um, I don't think I have any other baseball. I got one more. I, I, if you guys talked about this last week, I apologize, but it's more of a just one of those situations. I can't, I'm glad it resolved itself, but I can't believe we even had to talk about it and that it had to resolve itself. Um, the Kevin Brown situation, the oh. announcer of the Baltimore Orioles. You were talking about the Rays and, and Tropicana Field. Yeah, post uh, show last week. And, and and there's another thing I want to mention about the Rays as well. And, and so the Orioles have struggled mightily in Tropicana Field in the past so many years. And Kevin Brown was pretty much on the, on the Orioles telecast just explaining how they've struggled there. And the Orioles brass thought he was too negative and suspended him indefinitely which there was a fan revolt back, not only just from Oriole fans, but fans across the MLB to where he has been reinstated. But it's like, I was watching that. I'm waiting for him to say something racial yeah. or to cuss. Yeah. And I'm like, what did he do he wrong? Was, he was stating facts. He was literally stating facts off of about how bad they've, what was it? They'd lost like 20 of their last 23 or something like that in Tropicana. He's, he's literally just stating facts. Yeah, I mean. And um, that's the issue with, <laughs> with um team owned television stations for one for uh they they have forced them to wear shirts with the Orioles logo on it um that's been the kind of the MO I don't have a problem with that to be all honest I think if I, they are yeah. representing the team they should wear a logo sure. polo um, but but the uh yeah there there've been there have been some issues with people being negative and the ownership removing their like pet press passes and all that. So they, so yeah, it's, that's just, yeah. Uh, that is lack of free speech and um, rightfully so there, there was a revolt. The fans revolted the uh, yeah. other media members revolted and he's, he's back now It's a seven yes. game suspension for nothing. There, there was zero reason to suspend him. He's literally just reading facts. Well, and I don't know about you, but like I appreciate, and luckily, the teams I follow and listen to pregames and postgame stuff, they're able to usually speak their mind and they can criticize the team because I feel like if a fan base appreciates commentators for their teams even more, if they can be honest and say it as it yes. is, and then you'll yes. tune in more often and your ratings will go up. Yeah. I, I don't want, I, I, I don't want to be blown smoke. Um, and, um, the issue I have with Marquis is sometimes Jim, De, Jim Deshays has stayed pretty normal from what he used to be, but like Boog Shambi is never negative. Um, Rick, a little too, a little too much up. homerish, right? Um, yeah, Boog's Boog's a national guy. I yeah. Mean, he's, he's an ESPN guy and now yeah. he does this. So, um, I, I know that ticks fans off as far as like he, he's like, voice raises octaves when the other team yeah. does something well, which when the Cubs are getting blown out, I'm like, that's the last thing we want to hear. Right. Right. Um, but he's, he, he's never too negative. Rick, Rick Sutcliffe gets on the team whenever he's on there. I don't like Sutcliffe much. So, so is Joe Girardi, but like the pre and post game guys, that's why I try to stay away from yeah. any pre and post game. They're never too negative. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want like mind numbingly positive, talk especially when my team's you know 33 and oh 100 percent, 100 yeah yeah but yeah. um the other raise note i don't know if you've seen this at all wander franco what's going on with him Mm-mm. um so he, he he's the tampa bay race best player uh there are some social media posts that came out yesterday that is insinuating that he is dating a 14 year old girl um <laughs> so he's been um they Jeez. put him on the restricted list yesterday, and so he'll be off the entire uh, week. And MLB's looking into it. He's he's, he's twenty two years old. Um, he's defending it, saying no, like no, that's not true. But the yeah, it 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 was. I I watched a little bit of it. And it's like eh, that's it's a little weird. Um. So one of the best teams in the AL, one of the best players in the AL, they're not having to deal with this because the guy's an idiot. I mean, yeah, they can screw yeah. up your whole season, screw up your entire career too. Well, oh, they have his, um, but yeah, I was thinking about the team yeah. for their season, but yeah, yeah, definitely his career. I mean, but, uh, that's disturbing <laughs> on many levels. Yeah. So, so hopefully all that comes back is that it, it was just a complete misunderstanding with a lot of things, but where there's smoke, there's fire. So yeah, and I feel like the team would have already done their own investigating a little bit, and the fact that they, they already kind of suspended them. 
Yeah, and and now ML. Well, I I think they had to put them on the restricted list because now MLB is investigating. It got it. Got it. It got involved. Uh, okay. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's not not good all the way around. Man, that's so, I did not hear about that. That's yeah, wow. yeah. It wow. it kind of spread last night. And now it's all over today. But okay. Yeah, but uh, I think that's all I got baseball wise. Yeah, so. I don't think I have anything else. I felt like I got caught up on a lot because I uh, was kind of uh, MIA this last week on a lot of sports things going on. So. You should have been. You yeah, yeah. It was. It was actually kind of nice. Your phone off completely. Yeah, I didn't do that, but I wasn't on it too much. So, yeah. it's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Uh, do you want to get educated before we get into some ACC talk? Always, dude. Uh, on this day in 1932, the tenth Summer Olympic Games closed in L.A. I was going to ask you where they were played, but then, then he said L.A. In L.A. Yeah. <laughs> L.A.'s got to be the – yeah, I, I can't answer my question. They I was going to say that. they, they got to be the uh, U.S. city who has hosted the Olympic Games the most, easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would yeah. think so. Uh, in 1939, on this day, the first MLB night game in the city of Chicago is played at Comiskey Park, where the White Sox beat the St. Louis Browns 5-2. to two. Yeah, it was Comiskey Park twice, the U.S. seller, and now, like you said, it's a guaranteed mm-hmm. rate field. Cubs did not have lights at Wrigley Field until 1988. So, Isn't uh, that wild to think about? Nine years later, yeah. It, it, it's something with the, like, uh, it's something with the alderman there who was kind of preventing it and something with city ordinance, that's what I'm looking at for, where they literally couldn't uh, have them. Heck, Purdue so. University, their baseball team didn't have lights until 2013. They had to build a whole new stadium to have lights. And then their wow. football team didn't have lights until 2017. Really? Mm-hmm. I, guess I, do. I, I I remember that, but yeah, just... Jeff Brom's first year there was their first year they had lights. Before that, <laughs> the, they all, if there was a night game for national television, they had a, the they had TV stations brought them in. Yep, <laughs> I do remember that. Crazy. Um, on this day in. 1964, L.A. Angels pitcher Bo Belinsky is suspended after a hotel room fight with elderly L.A. Times sports writer Braven Dyer. wonder what Braven did. I don't know. Must have wrote uh, something <laughs> Bo didn't like. Uh, on this day in 1969, the New York Mets fell nine and a half games back uh, behind the Chicago Cubs, and then the famous Black Cat incident happened, and the Mets ended up winning the pennant. That's about the last time the mess relevant. Uh, Not really, uh, but that was a rough one. Um, on this day in 1977, who won the PGA Championship men's golf? Jack Nicklaus. Lanny Watkins mm. won his only major title in events first sudden death playoff with Gene Littler. On this day in. Hmm. 1987, Oakland's Mark McGuire set the rookie home run record at 39. He ended up hitting 49 of them. On the stand, 1988, who won the PGA Championship men's golf? Sorry, did you wrap up the segment? I had to. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry, I had (laughs) to. Go close my door so we didn't get some background noise there. Oh, uh, I, I asked who won the 1988 PGA Championship. Oh, ball. um, 88. I don't know if this guy won. Uh, Tom Kite, Jeff Sluman. Won I've his heard only of him. major title by uh, three shots from Paul Azinger. We have some breaking news here from Sean Shriver. Have you looked at your phone here? Just saw it. Just saw it now. Yep. Alvin Cook signed with the New York. Jets. Dalvin to the Jets and Ezekiel Elliott to the Patriots today. So, Zeke. AFC East. Have fun, J-Man. Zeke's washed. Ah, I'm not worried about running backs. I, I wouldn't be either. But yeah. uh, On this day in 1990, the city of Denver voted for a 1% sales tax to pay for a baseball franchise. That's worked out well for them. <laughs> I, I guess they have made a World Series, but they've never won a division yeah. title. And don't think they're anywhere close to the division title next decade. Who won PGA Championship on this day in 94? John Daly? This person from Zimbabwe. Does that help you? Uh, 
Is VJ from Zimbabwe? VJ Singh? I don't. I don't know. Nick Price. Of Zimbabwe. Oh yeah, South Africa. I'm. I'm. I'm really dumb. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. Let's see. Who won in 2011 on this day? That was Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley. Over Jason Duffner. Duffner. And I believe uh, a lot of Olympics, uh, a lot of Usain Bolt. He's pretty Um, fast. Yeah, that's going to do it for on this day this week. And that is the Honest Day segment, which is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting them at Mooney Woodcrafts on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you let them know the Tan and J-Man show sent you, you get 15% off your orders. Football season's right around the corner, literally. Oh, man, literally it. around the corner. I mean, two weeks. Well, two weeks from this past weekend, I guess. It's a little less than that. Is start of college football, technically, with week zero. So we're only three weeks away from week one, four weeks away from NFL. So if you're looking to get a uh, sign made of your favorite college team, favorite NFL team, Thad can do that for you. And not just sports. He can he can get uh, military design, family signs done, anything you're looking for made out of wood, Thad can do it for you. So get your orders in. Tell them the 10 J-Man Show sent you 15% off. ACC football, Atlantic Coast Conference. Atlantic Coast Conference. I'll be honest with you. I'm really ready for the Big Ten preview to get here, so I don't have to do as much research. Well, it's made me learn learn a lot about teams, yeah. but I'm right there with you. We got the ACC slash Notre Dame tonight because we're throwing them in there since they're kind of a partial member of the ACC. They play five to six ACC teams a year. Yeah. And then next week, the SEC. It just means more. And then the Big Ten, the conference we put the most focus in, will be our last one leading up to week one of college football. But a lot to talk about tonight. I know you got a family member who's going to be excited about this one. He's going to be excited with what we have to say, I think, about this Florida State Seminoles. Uh, let's lead it off. I'm guessing we have we both have the Florida State Seminoles winning the ACC. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 36 points per game last year and get nearly everyone back on offense. Uh, Jordan Travis, the quarterback. 31 total touchdowns. They have Trey Benson running back, 6.4 yards carry. Johnny Wilson, 897 yards receiving. And then they got transfer wide receivers. Keon Coleman from Michigan State who had over 800 yards. And Winston Wright from West Virginia had over 700 yards. They're going to put up some points. Yeah, Mark, Mark Norvell did a great job last year. You know, uh, questionable first two years down there in Tallahassee. but got rolling last year. Uh, they're a Preseason top 10 team at Darling by a lot to make the playoffs. They, they were one of your uh, 23 bull predictions for 2023 was Florida State making the playoff. I like that pick a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not ready to make my playoff picks yet, but I like that pick. I'll save that for when we do our Big Ten preview, but I, I like that pick a lot. Like I said, Jordan Travis got to be a Heisman contender or should be. They uh, return a slew of offensive guys. Another guy you, you did not mention is Jaheim Bell, tight end. He'll be a big factor in that offense. Then their defense, uh, Jared Verse, preseason All-American defensive end. And then they got uh, Fatrell uh, Caprice, a uh, lockdown corner who transferred within the ACC from Virginia. So uh, uh, honestly, maybe going from the worst ACC team to maybe the best. In this yeah. case, but yeah, I think the Knowles, I think uh, they're back. And I, I do hate when people say um, college football is better when so-and-so is good. But yeah. if you have to make that case, I think Florida State's one of those teams you can throw in there. Yeah, I agree. Who you got finishing runner-up? It was a coin flip between two teams here, in my opinion. But I went with the team that's had the track record of success, and that's the Clemson Tigers. I did as well, and for everybody to note out there, the ACC got rid of the divisions. Um, okay, I think I last year or maybe after last year. So there's no more. Um, what did they call it? The was coastal. coastal and Atlantic. Yeah, Atlantic. Yeah, that sounds right. I think that sounds right. So no more of that anymore. So it's just kind of like the Big Twelve and a lot of these conferences. The best two teams. There you go in the conference championship. Yeah. Uh, their quarterback DJ Uga Uga Lee. 
uh, <laughs> Oregon State. Uh, but he he was much maligned there. Uh, the fans didn't like him very much, and he got benched a couple times for Kid Klubnik, who uh, is their projected starter. Yep. Uh, running back Will Shipley, eleven hundred yards. He's rushing. fun to watch. Yeah, fifteen touchdowns. They do have an unproven wide receiver core. Uh, Antonio Williams is their top returner, who had about six hundred yards last year. But uh, that defense is always nasty. I mean, you look always. at all the pros, especially especially on the defensive line. That um, Wetch McCall, what's their head coach's name? Well, I can Dabo Sweeney. Dabo uh, has produced. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and uh, the big thing I circled with their schedule: they host Florida State. So the winner mm-hmm. of that game. We'll probably be in the driver's seat for the conference championship, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your number three? I have North Carolina finishing third. I have um, them fourth. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, redshirt sophomore, Drake May, 38 touchdown passes. And he, and he was their leading rusher last year. Oh, He was a stud um, last year. Yeah, he, he'll be a projected top five pick, if not the number one overall pick heading into this year. And he's well, only redshirt sophomore. If you remember right, they started off 9-1 last year. Yeah. Um, and then they yeah. f- they stumbled at the end. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how Drake May can handle the expectations. You're talking right. about how he had a good year last year. Well, nothing was expected from him. Now, yeah. North Carolina's going to go as he goes. So. Yeah. It- and there were all those rumors. Yeah, somebody gave him like a five million dollar NIL offer, and he's transferring. But uh, he, he stuck it out. Um, they do he, have he a new. Is... Go ahead. Sorry. He, he is one of the top Heisman candidates uh, in draft prospects in uh, the entire NCAA. They have a new play caller, new OC, uh, Chip Lindsey. Um, their defense allowed thirty point eight points per game last year. Yes. The defense was pretty atrocious. They do get eight starters back, but once again, like <clears> I mentioned two weeks ago. Don't know if that's good or bad coming from a, right. a defense that gave up 30.8 points per game. Uh, did you know their defense coordinator, Gene Chizik? I did. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, yeah so I, I remember that. Is, is he the around. worst uh, national championship head coach uh, ever? Ever. That would be a good debate. I mean, I want to say yes, yeah. but that might be more recency bias. He, he but... lucked into Cam Newton and uh, won a title. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of another one in college football. Yeah, he he probably is the worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have two transfer wide receivers coming in. Devontez Walker from Kent State, who had 900 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. And then Nate McCollum from Georgia Tech, who had over 600 yards uh, receiving. Well, I took, uh, I took a leap with my number three. I'm not going to lie. I took the Duke Blue Devils. Oh, shoot. I was hoping it was the Canes. I took the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Mike Elko did a really good job last year turning that thing around. Oh, uh, they have 17 returning starters out of 22, so that's a big reason why I put them at number three. Uh, quarterback uh, Riley Leonard is going to lead the way there. They got one of the best uh, offensive linemen in the country, Graham Barton. They have Notre mm-hmm. Dame at home, part of their non-conference schedule, so that's a big one aside from just their conference slate. Their defense improved to just 22.1 points per game last year given up, whereas in the previous year it was 39.8. So if they can continue that good – I mean, if you play good defense, you're always going to be in the game. So so we'll see. A little leap there. A lot of people have them projected fifth or sixth, but I I wanted to shake it up a little bit, see if I can get get that right. I I have them sixth. uh, Okay. Yeah, uh, Riley Leonard, 33 total touchdowns last year. Running back Jordan Walters Walters had eight touchdowns last year. So they'll they'll put up some points. Yep. But yeah, finishing fourth. Fourth at UNC. So Okay. Oh, yeah, you said that. I I, I have my canes. They're fifth, Um, so I'll go ahead and talk about them too. Uh, Yeah, quarterback Tyler Van Dyke, then they have Henry Parrish as well. Ten transfers in their projected starting lineup. So – yeah, their head coach. Uh, why am I struggling? Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal from Oregon. He tra- or came in from Oregon. Yes, from Miami originally. Uh, he uh, pretty much came in and tore it down to the studs, and now he's building it back up. So, but he uh, better they, produce this year. Yes, he should. Yeah, I mean, he better. Like you said, a lot of transfers. They got a new defense coordinator from Tulane, Lance Goodry, who Tulane had a remarkable year last year, beat USC in the bowl game. Um, they, and like you said, ten new transfers. Uh, two new guys on their offensive line. One of those, a five-star transfer from Alabama. Another one's a true freshman five-star. That should help Tyler Van Dyke a lot because he struggled last year big time. Mm-hmm. So he needs to bounce back. 
I have NC State fifth. I have NC State seventh. Uh, yeah, transfer quarterback Brennan Armstrong from UVA. He was terrible last year. Threw seven yeah. touchdowns, 12 interceptions under new uh, head coach there uh, at Virginia. Uh, he was great under Bronco Mendenhall where he threw 31 touchdowns in 2021. Uh, they, they had one of the top defenses in the country last season. They get a lot of those guys back too. Yeah, he struggled only to under uh, Tony Elliott at Virginia, like you said, last year. Who but, was uh, Clemson's offensive coordinator, I believe. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, Dave Doran, though, has done a good job ever since he took that job back in. I think he's been there since 2013 um, wow. at NC State yeah. from Northern Illinois. I'm pretty darn sure mm-hmm. because I remember Purdue kind of sniffed around on him before he went to NC State, and then they end up with Daryl Hazel, and that's a podcast for another day. Um, but, uh, yeah, like you said, the defense only gave up 19.2 points per game last year, stud defense. Peyton Wilson's back at linebacker. He was one that a lot of people thought would declare for the NFL draft, decide to come back and play another year in Raleigh. So see what he can do. But I do have them seventh. Um, could have been a coin flip for sixth and seventh, in my opinion. We have finished in sixth. I got the Louisville Cardinals. Oh, I have them ninth. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just weird for me to even talk about. Rob uh, cannot quit Jack Plummer. Just can't do it. Oh, he can't. And I don't understand it. I don't. Uh, I don't either. He's, I mean, he was his guy at Purdue that he wanted in recruiting. And then, you know, Jack goes to Cal last year because he just couldn't outright win the job over Aiden O'Connell, which I, I mean, I kind of understand why. There's now, a good reason why. Yeah. I think might be pretty decent in the NFL someday. Uh, but uh, Jeff brings with him a majority of his staff, almost his whole staff from Purdue with him. So there's familiarity there. About a lot of new transfers. They lost a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, defense gave up 27.3 points per game, so maybe Ron English can get them back on track. But uh, I don't know. I could see them anywhere, honestly, from about sixth to about where he got them as ninth. So I'll probably give them their ceiling there. Um, it's weird as a Purdue fan. I'm always going to be – I'm so thankful for what Jeff Brom did at Purdue. I think it was time for a split for both parties. But, yes <laughs> – I kind of hoping they go two and ten, oh, and their two sure. wins are over Indiana and Notre Dame. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel bad for saying that, but it's just I don't know. No, I've I come wouldn't. to, I've come to that realization. So we'll even see what happens Brom, on there. Even though Brom's no longer at Purdue, I still do not like Jeff Brom. Some something about him, I just do not like. I, I, I would say a lot of people around the country probably don't like him with the way yeah. he. I know the media in in at Purdue. I think wasn't sad to see him go. Um, sounds like Ryan Walters and company is a lot more inviting to the media than Jeff Brom. I can see that. Brom Corp, as they were known for on the Purdue message boards. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As I said, I, I have Duke sixth and I have Pittsburgh seventh. I have Pittsburgh eighth. Uh, a transfer quarterback from BC, Phil Jerkovic, uh, 11 touchdowns last season. That's all I really know about him because they lost a bunch, but uh, should be good. Uh, didn't he start his career at Notre Dame? Yes, yeah. And then transferred to Boston College. Yeah, and I I think Uh, he had some injury issues uh, there, but yeah. Pat Narduzzi's a great – okay, maybe not great. Very good head coach. He's been there about as long as Dorn's been at NC State, right? Yeah, he's been there a long time. He's great on the defense side of the ball, which their defense only gave up 22.4 points per game. So I think their defense is going to be very good this year, even though they Mm -hmm. lost a lot. But on the offensive side, they lost their top running back and wide receiver. Right. And with a brand new quarterback, I I don't know. This isn't Pittsburgh two years ago where they, when they had Jordan Addison and and uh, Kenny Pickett. So yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who do you have seventh? I had NC State seventh and Pittsburgh okay. eighth. So I've already hit on the, both of those. I I have Wake Forest eighth. Um, they did lose Sam Hartman, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But uh, their projected starter, Mitch Griffiths, did throw five touchdowns, so he has some experience. Uh, and their top running back, Justice Ellison, returns. I have them 10th. Um, offensive line lost three of their five starters, so they got to replace them. And they had the worst mm-hmm. defense in the ACC last year in points per game with 33.8. So got to strengthen that side of the ball if they're going to want to continue to make a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, I have Louisville 9th. Um, I have Syracuse 9th. I have Syracuse 10th. So. Uh, Dino Babers, seven uh, six record last year after some really bad years. So I got him six and zero to start the year too. Yes, uh, frustrating one uh, in my opinion uh, against <laughs> that Purdue. Bad. That was a, that was a, a stinging loss there. Which Purdue's got a chance to get him back in week three this year. It's an NBC night game, week three, which is kind of strange. Uh, 
They lost Sean Tucker to the NFL. Great running back there. They got new OC and DC. So I don't really know what to expect from the orange, but um, yeah, uh, Garrett Schrader's back who had a pretty good year quarterback. And then Aranda mm-hmm. Gadsden Jr. is one of the better tight ends. He's kind of a hybrid yeah. tight end wide receiver. They got some good wide receivers back too. Um, so yeah. So they'll, they'll, I mean, Baber's teams have always put up points. It's always been a defensive sort of thing. He's such an interesting coach because he takes over for a team and they're good for two to three years and he gets his guys in there and they start to tank. So it's yep. kind of interesting. He's never been able to build one up by himself, but yep. uh, yeah, I have uh, Syracuse tenth. Uh, yeah, I have Syracuse ninth, Wake Forest tenth, who we already hit on. So I have Virginia Tech eleventh. I can be Me honest, too. I didn't write any notes down for eleven through fourteen. So uh, I got gotcha. you. I guess I got gotcha. you. Brent Price, uh, new head coach or not new head coach? He is the head coach at Virginia Tech. Been there a couple years now. Uh, only average 19.3 points per game on offense. You're not going to win a lot of games only putting up uh, 19 points per game. New quarterback Kyron Drones transfer from Baylor. Another ACC team that plays the Boilermakers. The Boilermakers travel to Lane Stadium week two this year. So. That's, that's still a tough place to oh, play. Oh, very, right? very tough. Inner Sandman's good the past 10 years or so. But, right, uh, right. Yeah, Inner Sandman's still one of the cooler traditions in college football. Mm-hmm. Behind them, I have uh, Georgia Tech. I also have Georgia Tech. Uh, Brent Key is the head coach there. Um, they got a Texas A&M transfer, Haynes King from, uh, from Texas A&M. Oh, I just said Texas A&M transfer. But he started the year as A&M's co- uh, starter last year. And then uh, so he's transferred to Georgia Tech now. Uh, they got Texas also- A&M was a disaster last year. Yes, they were. Uh, expensive disaster. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Blaycock should be their lean wide series at Georgia transfer. So Georgia to Georgia tech, a little interesting there with rivalry. Uh, they allowed 39 sacks last year. So offensive line play must improve for the yellow jackets. Uh, 13th, I have Boston college. I also have Boston college, Jeff Hefley, uh, three, nine last year after back-to-back bowl appearances, a quarterback Emmett, uh, Moorhead, And then the defense gave up 30.3 points per game. It's pretty bad. And last, I uh, got, Virginia Cavaliers, they might be the worst power five team in college football this year. Yeah. Uh, I remember Tony Elliott was such a hot coaching yes. uh, commodity at Clemson. And uh, he came in to a team. I mean, I think Virginia came in ranked or pretty close to it last year. And he just yeah. torched them. Well, awful so, year. Yeah. And, and if you remember correctly, a tragedy strike their season last year, cut short where an ex player murdered some people. Um, and mm-hmm. some teammates um, just sat all around. So hopefully they can rebound from that. Um, all I got written down, there's a quarterback competition between Jay uh, Wolfork, who is a mammoth transfer. And actually, I didn't even write out down the other guy. I have Tony Elliott in my notes. So I thought, <laughs> yeah, never mind. The other guy had a funny name. I don't know why I didn't write it down. So yeah, they're not going to be good. Not going to be good. No, that'll be bad. We got one more team we want to throw in our mix of previews. That's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We probably should talk about them more than we're going to, but we're running out of time. Um, okay, not talking about. Um, of course, we do, they're not in a conference, so we don't have them slated to finish anywhere. But do you have a record prediction for the Irish? I should have, but I don't. I think they'll go somewhere like nine and three, ten and two. Um, of course, they started the year so bad last year. I forget who they lost to week one, but then week two losing to Marshall at home. They lost um, week one last year was Ohio State. Oh, okay, that wasn't a bad loss. Who's on their schedule again this year in South yes. And they get to host them, so that'll be interesting. They did win nine of their last 11 games, and they got transfer quarterback, which offense was their issue last year. Um, Sam Hartman, 38 touchdowns, uh, one of the better uh, draft prospects uh, in college football. So, And that, that defense is always good, and, and especially under uh, head coach. Uh, Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman, uh, that defense is going to be good. I I cannot remember a single person's name tonight. Well, Tommy Reese is now the office coordinator in Alabama, so it's going to be interesting to see how Notre Dame does with the new OC. But Sam Hartman should be Heisman hopeful. Um, Notre Dame fans are going to hate me. They hate me every year, um, so I'm (laughs) used to it. I probably have them at their basement at eight and four. Uh I think that's their basement. I think they can get up to ten and two. I I don't see eleven and one. I don't see them beating Ohio State, even though it's at home. I don't see him beating Clemson at – I think that's at home. That might be on the road. I don't see him beating yeah, USC at home. Those are the three real tough ones. I also have him with my Duke prediction at third and AC. I have him losing at Duke. All the other games, I think they pretty much cakewalk through the other games. 
they do play week zero against Navy over in Dublin. Yeah, so it'll be fun to root against them a week earlier than usual. Then they play Tennessee uh, but, State week two at home. Good for them. Notre <laughs> <laughs> Dame fans are especially going to hate you when you have Purdue at nine and three or something like that. No, 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 no. It's uh, I, I no, not this year. No, 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 But I better get through word association real oh, quick. Shoot, uh, I, still, I still have a bucket. Let, let me do a bucket real quick. Okay. Uh, the J-Man's Book Bridges of the Week, I think uh, this is very risky and it's probably going to backfire, but I think the Cubs catch the Brewers by uh, next Monday. Ooh. Three, three and a half out. Cubs hopefully will be able to roll through this five-game stretch and then the Brewers hopefully tank, but uh, yeah. Who's the J-Man's Book of oh, the Week brought to you by? <laughs> it is by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watching for Life Home Auto Business Renters Workers Common Farm Insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watching at infb.com. Now for the word association, I did not put Notre Dame in this, so this is just ACC. I took a player from every team that uh, some are current active NFL players, some are former, but you've heard of all these guys. Uh, Florida State, Jameis Winston. Crab legs. Yes, 100%. 100%. Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. Long hair. I'm going to try to keep this real short this week. Since I, thought, I thought sunshine, but long hair. Yes. That's good. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Good. Duke, Daniel Jones. Overrated. Overrated. Knew that was coming. Yeah, he sucks. No Danny Dimes love from the J-Man. No, definitely not. North Carolina, Julius Peppers. Hall of Famer. One of the better ones to do it. Miami, Florida made the hardest one because I could have picked a thousand guys. Jeremy Shockey. Oh, man, he was a character. Good tight end. He was a stud for the Giants he for was. a handful of years. He's tough. Louisville Cardinals, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, One of my least favorite Dolphins of all time. The one thing, it, oh, I'm getting angry. I'm getting angry, Tanner. The one <laughs> thing a quarterback has to do is stay healthy so he can back up the actual starting quarterback, and he couldn't even do that last year. He is now Jared Goff's backup in Detroit. And this pile of garbage. Uh, my wife's only been a Bronco fan for this will be her third year, but I think he's her least favorite Bronco of all time. She did not like him. Uh, speaking of somebody uh, not liked, at least by me, NC State, Philip Rivers. I thought you were going to throw Russell Wilson out there because I don't like him either. I, I could have um, for you, but. Elite trash talker. Yeah, he was for a guy who doesn't curse. Uh, Pittsburgh, Darrell Rivas. Reeves Island. Davis Island. Syracuse, Marvin Harrison. Uh, his son's going to be better. At, at least a better draft. Ooh, okay, <laughs> okay. I was going to say, oh, man. To ever do it, yeah. Mar- Marvin is pretty slick, man. Yeah. Pretty smooth. Lofty. Pretty smooth. Wake Forest, the hardest one on here. Ricky Prohl. Oh, man. A former Carolina Panther. I think he was a Ram, too. One yep. Wide receiver. Yeah, played yep. in some Super Bowls. Virginia Tech, Michael Vick. Um, Lefty. Electric. Fair to go positive there. He could have went negative pretty easily. Georgia Tech, Calvin Johnson. Oh, man. One of the best. Megatron. Boston College, Doug Flutie. Doug, uh, USFL. Instead of saying one of the best college football plays of all time, he said USFL. USFL. Love it. Hey, Virginia, I'll take your pick. Ronde or Tiki Barber. I don't care which one. I don't like either of them. Bald. Bald's beautiful, J-Man. It is beautiful. Bald is beautiful. And that is the Word Association segment, which is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Performer Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or a sales meeting, Performer Print 2 Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. So you need to look no further. Let them be a one-source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call, 574-210-3815. Ronald Acuna Jr. stole his 55th base on Sunday. He became the first player with 25 homers and 55 steals in a season since who? 25 homers, 55 stolen bases. The 55 stolen bases has me at at a loss here. Uh, Barry Bonds. It's a really good guess. Same era. Ricky Henderson. I never would have guessed he hit 25 home runs. I know. I know. That's what made it tough. Steals uh, make sense, but. Yeah. Thanks for watching the Tin and GMN show. We'll be back at it with our SEC college football predictions next week. Have a fantastic week, everybody.